The CJOB Sports Show has returned to two hours in length, ladies and gentlemen. Not because live sports are back. They kind of are. There was golf this weekend. There was NASCAR. Christian O'Mel coming to you, as I have been since the early part of April, from my condominium. My cat is asleep on the chair beside me. I'll talk about his vet experience later on in the show because we're going to get to football now. Bob Irving is with us. Bob, did you watch any of the golf on the weekend? No, I didn't. I actually forgot about it. Which, <laughs> it wasn't great. It wasn't, eh? No. What, well, was, it's, it, what it's, was it like without fans? Uh, it was weird because it's four guys on a golf course. It was neat seeing them carry their own bags around wearing shorts for sure. But, yeah. you know, someone drains a nice putt and it's just silence, which we would be used to on a golf course. Right. Not, not that we ever drain nice putts, but it would definitely be something to get used to. I think we will have to get used to it. Yeah, this saw whole, that with NASCAR this, too. But sure. yeah. this whole business of of all the sports talking about playing without fans is it's kind of eerie to me. I don't, I can't imagine a hockey game or a football game without fans and the noise, the background noise, which kind of adds to the ambiance. It's just it's hard to picture, and yet I think you're right, Christian. We're going to see it. Absolutely, and to that point. Perhaps a question we can ask our guest here for the first half hour of the CGOB Sports Show, and that is the head coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Mike O'Shea. Mike, how are you doing through all this? I'm doing great, Christian. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Bob, you're doing good, too? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Uh, I would normally be uh, sending in some interviews from training camp at this point after day three because it was supposed to open on Sunday. And, Mike, you would, I guess, tonight typically be either having a team meeting, breaking down film, having meetings with your with your coaches. How much are you missing that already? Yeah, it's that part's been tough. There's obviously um there's an oddness to it, right? Because you know you should be doing something else and you should be involved in in um something that's been a big part of your life for a long time. Um so y- you know that there's a huge difference there. It's sometimes in the morning it's a little hard to figure out what direction you're going in. But um, for the most part, you just uh, you keep plugging away at the, at the chores that you have around the house. <laughs> well, it's such a dramatic change for people who do what you do, Mike, because and I think most of our listeners understand football coaches are there from early in the morning until well into the evening, seven days a week, really, as the football season goes along. And so what a what a dramatic change in, in the way you live your daily life. Yeah, not just for me, but for my family. So at this point, as you said, you know, us coaches would be out of the house, out of people's hair. <laughs> you know, they'd be continuing on their nice normal routine and sort of uh, checking in every once in a while. Training camp, you, you, you know, the family would barely see you during the season. Yeah, you, know, you you make it home for dinner a few times here and there, but uh, so I think it's a big change for for coaches' families also, and and obviously players' families also too, having them around, and you hope that they see it as kind of nice and a one-off, but uh, I'm yeah. sure they want us all back to work too. I'm finding uh, that the days are a little harder to fill now. The boredom sets in a little more often each day than than it would have earlier after, as this kind of drags on how about you do you do you are you getting to the point where you sit there some days and go what am I going to do now for the next hour well today might have been one of those days <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of sitting around today uh this was going to be the highlight of my day I was talking to you <laughs> I obviously we miss you Bob so um 
other than that, I, yeah, today was not nearly as productive as um, the rest of the weeks have been. Yeah, I always joke with the rest of the media training camp that after three days I've had enough. I'm tired of it. I've been to 40 whatever training camps. I want to see a game played. But you know what, Mike? I would love to have gone to a practice today, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the weather we're having is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. would have been your best. So tell us, in terms of the connection to the players, Mike, are you are you trying to stay in touch with the guys, or how are you operating in that regard? Uh, well, I mean, there's um... – I would say, for the most part, the 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 coaches, the position coaches, the coordinators, done a good job, sort of uh, introducing themselves to the to the new young guys. Of course, the quarterbacks want to be working, um, so they're trying to get information. But um, you know, there's in in terms of staying connected every day or or whatever. It's just not. It's not how it would be done in the off season anyway. Right. Um, you know, in a normal off season, you know, you 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 leave the guys alone and and um, they know how to prepare and they know how to get a hold of you. And you know, there's certain guys you talk to at certain points. Um, so try to keep it as much like that as possible. But uh, you know, with all the technology and everything like that, I would say that our 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 position coaches have done a great job of you know introducing themselves to the new guys for sure. You played for many, many years. Have you ever stopped to think about uh, what what you would have felt like as a player during something like this? Well, there would have been the uncertainty, obviously. Um, you know, the desire to play. At this point, the, your training program would have culminated, right? Because you you sort of work work back from the training camp date as to when you have to be ready for. So all your training programs would have sort of um, come to an end for the start of camp. So now you're going to rework your schedule with your trainer and you probably already done it as an athlete. You would have already done that. So, cause you're, but you're unsure of your start date now. So um, you just be plugging along on your training regimen. Um, I would say that this would be odd, but I'd say in my you know, for me personally, I would have been, I probably would have driven from Toronto or Mississauga back up to North Bay. And, you know, in all honesty, I would have been sitting on my mom's dock, <laughs> you know, my mom and dad's dock and maybe doing a little fishing and, and training as best I could. But, um, yeah, it would have been, would have certainly felt odd, but I think it's, it's, it's quite reasonable for people and people should find little silver linings in this, right? So you've got to make the best with, with what you're, what you're given to deal with. And, and so if it is uh, an extra couple days on your parents' dock, or if it's uh, some extra time with your family, those are the silver linings that, that we're given and we have to see them as such. What kind of football work here on May 19th are you able to do in a day? Well, like I said, today was uh, not as productive as it, as it probably could have been. But um, uh, for the most part, uh, the offense, because they came in in, in February, early March, um, their playbook is basically done um, right now. Everybody, all the coaches are – uh, rewatching film of all the new players to our to our team, 
so they're 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 picking up uh, some different games and putting together a cut up of each guy um sort of uh, refreshing their their minds with which which each guy who each guy is and where they possibly fit um very shortly we'll do the same with the global draft um the defense has just finished basically a couple weeks ago putting their their playbook uh final touches on their playbook and then there's another project that that the guys will do and they'll basically scout each uh opponent um again with some coaching changes around the league they'll look at the different opponents and and watch some game film uh of various opponents against us and just refresh themselves with uh which each, with each team that we're going to face this year with the potential um you know that if you if if the season happens to be shortened um you know how how many times do you see these guys and if it's once only then you better make good on on each uh, on each of those occasions right so, Mike, uh, speculation about the season, of course, is rampant, and nobody knows how this is going to wind up. Uh, will there be, I don't know, 9, 10, 11, 12 games? Can you start maybe a little earlier than September 1? Certainly things are are looking more positive on the COVID-19 front. Will there be half a season? Will there be no season at all? All these things. Do you think about that a lot? I don't. Um you know, I've said before, I have a lot of faith in in our leadership, not only with the Bombers, but with the other teams, um, also the, the leadership in each province and, and federally. So uh, I imagine that um, that we'll be able to get something figured out. And, and I also do believe that the decisions that have to be made are, are, are massive decisions, and there's so many of them, and they all have to sort of uh, fit together um that you know that's why people have been elected and that's why people have these job titles that that um, put them in these positions to make these monumental decisions and 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 along with that you have to also realize that these these leaders at at all levels that I just mentioned have never been through anything like this before so um you know this is uh this is new to them i i do believe and i i know for a fact Wade is is you know, tireless in his in his efforts and in his thought process to try and give as many solutions as possible to get this thing going. There's talk about uh, all sports are talking this way, Mike, playing in a hub city or two, playing uh, without fans. Can you envision that somewhere down the road? Well, you have to consider every option. Um, and then, I mean, I think that's what you do when you, when these guys brainstorm is you consider absolutely every option and then you probably rank them in in an order of which is best and which is the worst case scenario. Um, I'll say this: there, there, we did play a game in the Big O in front of probably four thousand fans, so it was like it was in front of nobody. And <laughs> I made the I made the comment, uh, and probably not too long ago, but I made this comment often that you could basically hear the lady knitting in the first row from <laughs> from midfield. You know, yeah. so um, that would not be ideal, um, but. If it gets if it gets people playing, I can see in other sports how that's uh, a viable option, and and we'll have to see if something like that's viable for the CFL. But right now, you said it, Bob. Everything right now is complete speculation. Yeah, uh, but the thought though of no season at all—that's hard to wrap your head around. I'll bet uh, it is. I, I don't. I don't think that's the way it's going to shake down. Um, you know, 
I was reminded of this uh, by my by my wife tonight as we were coming back from a walk, and that's um, you know they just awarded the 107th Grey Cup. So if you think about the history of Canada and and how the CFL has not only survived but thrived through all sorts of uh, adversity for over a century. So um, this is another one of those events that people look back and talk about, but I, I have a lot of faith in 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 the CFL and in Canadians and in our, you know, um, our ability to, to manage and get things done. I've always been in that camp and these are very unique as we said times, but, uh, I can't imagine uh, anything killing the Canadian football league. God knows uh, many events in the past have tried to do it and they just can't do it. It's a, it's an institution that's going to be with us forever. Forever. Christian O'Mell and Bob Irving, the bomber hour. We're here with, the head coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Mike O'Shea. Mike, have you gone back to rewatch the Grey Cup? And if so, how many times? Yeah, it's been a couple. I think, you know, early on in this, it was it was um, played on TSN a few times, and <laughs> I happened to catch it. And, you know, you always uh, see a few things that you, that you uh, may, have, may have missed. I, I I watched what I paid most attention to honestly was the post game because you get ushered off with the media and you sort of miss that stuff right so um, and you can't be everywhere you know two places at once so um, I, I enjoyed watching that part of it more than anything. You know, Mike, uh, every team has a usually a particular reason or a motivation to start a season. Hamilton, they want to come back and prove that what they did last year was it wasn't a fluke and. Ottawa's got a new head coach in Paul Lapalise. You guys were coming back with the defending champion, Grey Cup champions. You had a not a, a set roster, but a, most of your veteran, key veteran players were back. Do you feel, and I know you're a positive thinking guy, but do you feel a little bit cheated out of not being able to roll things out there right away? Um, no, we're still coming back as the defending Grey Cup champions. But I think like every other team, if, you, if your focus is anywhere but winning the 2020 Grey Cup, you're probably not in the right space, the right headspace. So all these other teams that are focused on other, if they're focused on other things, uh, they'd be mistaken. Just like us, we can't be focused on the fact that we are the defending Grey Cup champions. We've got to be focused on becoming the 2020 Grey Cup champions. So, um you know, besides uh, the initial gathering when all the players get back and then the ring, sort of the ring presentation, whenever that'll be, um, from that point, you know, we got to move on very quickly. Yeah, I understand that completely. I guess when I think about certain guys like Andrew Harris, who's 33 now, and this would be a chance for him to add to his legacy, Jake Thomas is, you know, he's established himself as one of your key guys now. He doesn't have to worry about whether or not he's coming to camp. And I can list... You know, Willie Jefferson uh, established himself as a star. Adam Big Hill wanting to cement his legacy, all those things. And they're still possible. I get that. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that you had all these great things going for you, and now they've they kind of been interrupted. Well, we still got them going for us, Bob. I'm not worried about that stuff. I think, okay. you know, for um, – I don't know that you carry momentum from, from one season to the next, just like I don't believe you carry it for from one game to the next. And and I think for for some players, uh, a little bit extra time is is not a bad 
it's not a bad thing for them. I mean, if you look at Calgary's situation with Bo Levi Mitchell, I'm sure he's, you know, he's itching to probably get back playing, but it's also coming off a, a, a surgery or whatever. Anybody who's coming back from surgery, this this extra time is um, quite possibly very positive for them. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true, I suppose. Okay, now, Mike, before we let you go, um, I haven't seen you since, I'm trying to think, of, at the parade. I think I saw you at the parade uh, the last time I saw you. What does the beard look like? Gone. Really? Yeah. It's gone. Gone. Totally. Well, I got a goatee, oh. and I, I've <laughs> I've let it go to a point where I get the beard back, and then I get rid of it again, and but. Uh, so was that a, was that a Randy great... Ambrosi says yeah. says go? This thing will start coming back. Oh, okay, I was going to say, was that a great cup beard or what was that last year? Well, I, I had it going from training camp on. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to change it up, um, you know. But uh, I, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure I'll have it back by the time training camp is over. And you say you don't want to live in the past. I'm all for that. But there's a lot of great memories in the past. And that arrival home and then the parade, Mike, you'll never forget that, will you? <laughs> never, never. Never forget that. That was, um, it's, it, it, that really was like nothing I had been a part of. Um, and, and I have a few of them. So, uh, that was a very special and, uh, I can't thank We, as the bombers can't thank the, the fans of Winnipeg for, for everything they did for us. And, uh, we miss them too. And I know they miss us and we'll just, uh, Keep waiting, and and we know we'll be together again soon, I'm sure. Well, I hope to see you back at IG Field, Mike, sooner rather than later. Thanks for doing this tonight. Absolutely. I miss you, buddy. And it's not just me for the first hour of the next couple of weeks. Also, back at the studio, it's Bob Irving. How do you like being back on the air, Bob? Well, it's fine, uh, Christian. I'm quite enjoying it, as a matter of fact. It's always great to talk sports and, in particular, talk football. And we're going to bring in a guy. One of the things we're going to do on these Bomber Hours, Christian, is talk to some of the people who are, quote-unquote, behind the scenes. And Brad Foddy is one of those people. He does most of his work behind the scenes, although if you're at the games, you see Brad on the sidelines all the time. He's the Bomber's equipment manager. Brad, welcome to the show. What does an equipment manager for a pro football team do in a situation like this? Hey, guys. Um, well, right now I'm just kind of in a wait-and-see pattern and see what's uh, what's going to come of all this and when and if we start up and, you know, and then checking in on how we, anything we have coming up still across from our orders, whether if they're in the, in the country at least or if they've been delivered or if they're on their way or you know, just keep in contact with the league and other guys across the league and um, and uh, our uh, our major suppliers, defining out where our stuff is and how they're moving along with their process of uh, fulfilling all our orders. Yeah, you talk about your orders. What are you talking about? Equipment, uh, Brad? Yeah, anything from the screws in the helmets to shoelaces, socks, game pants, game jerseys, sideline clothing, players' practice clothing, um, water bottles, practice gear. Mm-hmm. trunks if we order travel bags anything like that that has been or still needs to be ordered uh and waiting to see when everybody gets to go ahead to start doing that and normally this for you would be a crazy time of the year right at day three of training camp yeah it would be you know all that stuff would be already we'd already be like you said through rookie camp and then starting day three of training camp and uh 
getting comfortable into our routines, getting the players comfortable, getting them to where they need to be for practice for the coaches, and then, you know, already starting to get ready to game uniforms with the names and numbers on them for the first exhibition game, even with guys who may get released beforehand. So it's, you know, there was always a process. As it was kind of like every year's Groundhog Day because you had a routine of how everything was done and how many days into camp and all that kind of stuff. You knew what needed to be done and what you were going to do. And now it's everything's just a wait-and-see pattern. Okay, here's the important question, Brad Foddy. Your family is used to be you being gone at this time of year from early in the morning till late in the day. How are they dealing yep. with your ongoing presence? I think they keep asking when I'm starting. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going back to work? <laughs> right, exactly. It's uh, no, it, it's it's been fun, you know. I mean, since we closed down uh, the offices and that, I've been home with my two daughters, Madison and Brooklyn, and and uh, helping them with homeschooling and stuff like that, and you know, trying to be a teacher, a lunch lady, a janitor, the principal, and a referee between them. It's been it's been an adventure. It's it's something new, and it's something where. You know, it's a learning process for everybody, and I uh, gain a new respect for teachers. <laughs> they, they definitely don't get paid enough, that's yeah, for sure. Indeed. And then with, with my wife at her job at clinic, uh, it's uh, she's been terribly busy with that. So I just try to keep the you know fort down and keep everybody together and keep every everything going on and getting the kids with helping with their school and doing what we can to keep everything as much normal as possible. Christian, anything for Brad Foddy? Well, in, in terms of keeping everything clean and we think of the germs and you read baseball's plan to get back on the field and no one's allowed to spit and there's a whole list of things in football you have a great view and you you know firsthand the equipment and the germs and the dirtiness how hard would it be for football to kind of make sure there is no big spreading of germs well and then it, it, it's a difficult task because you know, we dress just starting off for water bottles. We dress 46 guys. Each guy would have to have his own water bottle. So each guy, you know, whether they're mouth guard, because some guys have a problem where they, you know, they can't keep it in for too long and they start uh, salivating. There's from that. And when guys get hit hard enough, knocks the, I mean, so they say knocks the spit out of them. And, <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot to, to that stuff where, you know, quarterbacks licking their fingers before they get the ball, well, it's holders for on a field goal punt or on field goal lick their fingers to catch the ball, give it a little more grip. So there's like there's saliva and there's fluids everywhere all the time, and it's it it's it'll be a it'll be a task to try and keep all that stuff under control. But it's something that will eventually come, and we just have to find a way to do it. Sure, Brad, you like everybody else I know, hoping that there's going to be a season before we let you go. I want you to put into words what that Grey Cup victory meant to you, because I know it meant as much to you as anybody else in the organization. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, un- it was un- unreal. I still can't, like, I sat home with the family a few weeks ago and watched the game, and I was nervous through <laughs> the whole game. Like, <laughs> I couldn't even watch it without getting butterflies and feeling sick to my stomach, but it, it was, it was, it's unbelievable. I still, I still sometimes can't believe it, because, I mean, I'd have, I'd walked by before, so I never knew what, it felt like, and then having that feeling was just, it was incredible. I just, I didn't know what to do. Like, you know, when it happened, we won and you just kind of stand there and on, you're just trying to soak it. There's so much going on and so much you try to take in. And it was great to have my wife, Sandy and two girls there with me to be able to celebrate it with them. My first one. And then watching Osh get dosed, dosed with the Gatorade, watching Jake Thomas, get the, the cup, get 
watching Andrew get his two awards for, you know, for him. And it's, there's just so much going on. You just try to, and being able to, you know, take it, try to take it all in and you miss stuff, but it's nice to go back and rewatch it. You sit back now and through this time where you, you know, if you see a commercial of the game or you see somebody wearing a championship t-shirt or a champion shirt or, you know, the signs in people's front yards where it says Great Cup Champions, you see it and you think back of all the great memories that it took that long to experience it and you just try to soak up as much as you can and relive as much as you can and enjoy it. Like you, like for right now with this space of time, you just go through and relish all that stuff again. Sure. Well, they'll be in your memory bank forever, uh, Brad. Hey, like, thanks for doing this tonight, Brad. Appreciate it. No problem, fellas. Anytime. Brad Foddy, he's the equipment manager of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And Christian, any pro sports team will tell you that a top-notch equipment manager might not get a lot of publicity, but you better have one. Well, and I'm down there on the sidelines, and trust me, I'm he's never not doing something down there. He's constantly, constantly going, and he doesn't really get to watch the game. He, he's always busy putting something together, fixing this, doing that, and it's kind of fun to watch, actually. <laughs> Christian O'Mell with you alongside Bob Irving. And Bob, you've covered football for a long time. Have you been able to take part in any tailgates over the years? <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, I haven't. And uh, when I'm done doing the play-by-play, I'm going to be at a tailgate tailgate party. I guarantee you that, Christian. Daryl Budnick joins us. He's a super fan, a big bomber fan. And he's not going to let the tradition of the tailgate party die. Daryl, welcome to the show. And tell us about what your plan is. Well, thanks a lot for having me, guys. Uh, after the article appeared in uh, Ted Wyman's column in the Winnipeg Sun, I had a few responses, people telling me I've got a face for radio, so this <laughs> probably works better. Yeah, okay. Uh, that yeah. was a great article, by the way, and that's where I got the idea, so kudos to Ted Wyman. Absolutely, yeah. Just, you know, his understanding and patience and putting my thoughts into words, very, very, very much appreciated. So tell us about your plan. Okay, so this started as a single tailgate for 10 of our friends to say, we're longtime CFL fans, we want to celebrate our Grey Cup victory that we uh, got cheated out of our celebration. Um, And we wanted to do that, uh, if I can preface right off the bat, the absolute first and foremost thing is the social distancing and protocols in place. Right. Right. So if the World Health Organization came out and said, you know what, uh, we're backing up and we'll wait a month, we will follow that first and foremost, if I can preface with that. Okay. Uh, yeah, so this, this started as a, a small idea. Uh, it has grown. I've got uh, people from all across Canada now that are linked in and wanting more information and, you know, just whatever, they'd love the idea on it. Uh, so we want to make sure, again, the social distancing, uh, just as an example, uh, Saskatchewan, if they, you know, go into that date, if their social distance number is 12, uh, we want them to double count so they don't have a 13th bat on the field. <laughs> Good shot. Good shot at Saskatchewan. Yeah, well, you know what? A lot of pads at Saskatchewan, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, and again, this is a chance just for us to get together. I think for too long now we've been, everything has been, you know, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. But we can, and we can start enjoying life again. What's your date, Daryl? Uh, the Saturday, June 13th was okay. supposed to be the, the bomber season opener in uh, Hamilton at 6 p.m. Saturday. Right. Okay, and if we do this right and we have some fun, we'll start our tailgate at 3, and we'll probably close it Sunday evening. So where are you doing your tailgate? 
uh, I actually have in my own backyard I'm going to host. We will have all social distancing, uh, again, measures in place with it. Um, and our, our close group, our regular tailgate buddies are, are all involved. And uh, this thing is spreading like wildfire now. So uh, I would picture my goal in mind uh, from the contacts I've had in two days since this has come out, uh, I have a goal of 5,000 uh, individual tailgate groups across Canada. Wow. That's the goal we're looking for. 5,000 groups, uh, what, times 10 people? Absolutely. Oh, boy. Christian? And that, that, well, that's, that's putting it mildly because yeah. how many CFL fans across this great country of ours? Right. Yeah. How many do you have so far? Uh, right now, uh, as of about uh, well, 7.38, the last time I checked the, uh, the phone before you phoned, uh, I'm up to 100 groups registered already. Boy, that's impressive. And you'd love to see across Winnipeg, you'd love to see people everywhere doing the same thing, right? Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Yeah. 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 So uh, just a fun idea. Now, the one goal that we had in mind with this, so, uh, and if you don't mind, I'd like to share this because it's a, a passion of mine now. Sure. Um, our challenge that would go to each and every tailgate group, uh, register uh, with me online. Um, we'll do the information after. But each and every tailgate group, the challenge is just to do their best fundraising. So whether they want to do 50-50 tickets in their own group, whatever ideas they have, 100% of that money uh, goes to their food bank of choice. That is my absolute number one uh, mm-hmm. favorite charity now. So can people get information? Do you have a website online? Where do they find out more, Daryl, about how to get involved in this? Well, because it started as idea, the website will be up and running by the weekend. But okay. if they would like to reach out uh, to my email address, uh, it would be daryl dot budnick b u d n i c k six four at gmail dot com. Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a blast on June the thirteenth. I hope you get some nice weather for it. But it's a great idea and uh, a fundraiser on top of celebrating Canadian football. What could be better than that? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, again, we've reached out to the Bombers CFL. I know they've had, there's a few other things on the plate. So uh, hopefully, you know, uh, we can kind of work together on this a little bit. Um, I know there's lots of depth to work on. I'd like to leave you with a final thought if sure. I could, Bob. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, uh, I was, I was uh, talking to a friend of mine in Toronto. Okay, and again, this is going across the country. I'm getting responses from everywhere. Uh, so she really believes uh, that this whole shutdown of the CFL uh, was a plot by the league uh, to prevent the Bombers from creating our own dynasty. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's mm-hmm. our spirit. That's our thought. Conspiracy, all right. Yeah, we love conspiracies, yeah. Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. Daryl, thanks for get, uh, joining us tonight, and uh, have fun. Uh, good luck with the project on June 13th. Thank you very much. And when you, another time, Bob, I'd love to hear the whole story behind the Knuckles nickname. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll be happy to tell you. Thanks, Bob. All right, Daryl Budnick, he's a big Bomber fan. He's having a virtual tailgate party on the 13th of June. You heard his email address, daryl.budnick, B-U-D-N-I-C-K, 64 at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Bomber Hour. It's part of the sports show. Christian O'Mell and Bob Irving with you. And Bob, if I, I know you well, and I think I do. I know that you're big into working out and lifting weights. And uh, Have you ever pulled a semi-truck? <laughs> I, I do it every day of the week. Uh, I might miss the odd weekend, but no, no, I've never pulled a semi-truck. And that's 
going to be one of the topics of our next conversation because Lucky Whitehead, Blue Bomber receiver, joins us from Florida, his off-season home. And what brought this to our attention, Christian, was it's on Twitter. It's a video of Lucky Whitehead hooked up to a harness and pulling a semi-trailer truck. Lucky, good to have you on the show tonight. Tell us what went into Why did you do that? Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, But uh, I had originally was pulling my truck and a thread had came about on on Twitter and uh someone came into the to the thread pulling the box truck and uh and I commented back and said, So what do I gotta pull a eighteen wheeler? <laughs> and and he comments back to me and says, If you do that I'm a, I'm gonna pull a train. <laughs> So I got off the I got off of Twitter. I called my trainer and I said, "Yo, you think a, pulling a semi truck will be will be hard?" He was and he told me he said uh, <laughs> he said yeah, it might be a little hard, but it's not impossible. I was like, "Well, let's do it." He was like, "All right." So I got on Facebook. I made a post uh, asking anyone if they had a. 18 wheeler I could just I could use but not to drive. So they were kind of curious, it's like what a, what was I gonna do with this 18 wheeler that I don't need that I need but I'm not driving. And uh, I about an hour later, I found someone with a truck and they asked me when do I need it and where. So they brought it to me that next day, which was last Thursday. And uh, that's when we. Just kind of hooked up and, and, and just made it happen. <laughs> well, I saw you make it happen. Now, tell me, uh, did you have any doubts? I mean, when you started, did it move right away, or was it how hard was it? Uh, I mean, I, when I first when the truck first pulled up, I uh, told my trainer, I was like, that that truck a little bigger than than you a thought, bigger than I pictured <laughs> in my eyes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, don't get them thoughts in your head." I was like, "Well, it's true." <laughs> but I mean, I started stretching. Uh, I went outside. We kind of hooked it up, and I told him, "I said, let me push the, let me see if I can push the truck first. Because if I can't push it, I'm not even gonna try to pull it." And he was like, "All right, cool." So he get it, get it backed up, put it in neutral, and I started pushing, but. I felt it moving, so I was like, "Okay, cool. I'm not about to waste my energy. I know I can move it." Yeah, all right. Uh, I put the I put the harness on, and I got it in front of it. Uh, got a little words of encouragement from my trainer, people that I was watching, and uh, I just started marching. I leaned forward and just started marching. And, and, uh, and the truck started the moving, right? About, not, well, for the first about ten, uh, about ten seconds, maybe I just felt like I was marching in place. And uh, it was a lady there that was watching me as well. And I heard her make, like, a little screech. So in my mind, I was like, that wheel must have moved or something because she got excited. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you can't, get, you can't quit now. You yeah. got to really dig. So I just kind of got a little lower, and I'm just – trying to get any kind of grip. I mean, I couldn't really grab the concrete, obviously, with my hand, but I'm just trying to dig. And I got super low, and I could just feel it 
myself as I was looking at the ground. I was looking at my feet hit the hit the pavement. It was moving, but it was very slight. Yeah. Well, you're not going to do that. Uh, you're not going to do that again, though, are you? You've been there, done that. No, no, no. It's not. It's not like a. It's not an everyday thing. It was no. just, let's, let's, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, hey, Lucky. Before well, we're, we're just about out of time. Before we let you go, I know you've been training hard for the coming season. Uh, how tough is it to just kind of have to wait and see now? Uh, extremely. It's extremely tough. Uh, I'm eager to get back down there just to, you know, kind of start fresh, but, you know, kind of pick up where we left off and, you know, try to run it back. And uh, I'm just hoping that, you know, these upcoming weeks we get to hear something and it's, it's great news. So I'm definitely trying to get back down there with my team. Yeah, Lucky, thanks for doing this tonight. We really appreciate it, and we hope we'll see you here sometime this summer to get ready for the football season. Yes, sir. Thank you all. Okay, Lucky Whitehead with us from Florida.